Here we go again. This is episode 29 of Grow How Long Steak Mister. 15 minutes. Thank you. I am your host, Bobby Stills. Uh, my co-host is uh, who? Who are you? Johnny Tsunami. Who do we got over in the corner? We got Big Tuna. <laughs> <laughs> Big Tuna. Big Tuna is back. He was here for episode, uh, what, num- what, what number were you here? I haven't, like... I want to say 11 like, or 12. Your yeah. bass is sounding real deep on your voice. sounding real sexy, sexy right now, dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to say like, yeah, 12 or something. In the teens. Okay. In the teens. All right. So we got the gang all back together here. Um, yeah. We are recording to you from Seattle, Washington. None of us are on vacation. Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are uh, on South Lake Canyon. Um, this is a production of Soundcasting Network, and uh, we'd like to thank Studio 212 for letting us record here. Um, real quick, you guys don't know this, but uh, I got to get serious real quick. I got to give uh, my girl Erica Hoffman at Two Birds Events a shout out real quick. For real. Um, she hosted an event today at Clever Bottle uh, for Two Birds Events. Um, those are both local uh, small businesses here in Seattle, Washington. Uh, they hosted a... Um, fundraiser for the tragedy at the Pulse nightclub in Orlando. And, uh, yeah, I'd like to encourage all our listeners to maybe go and support, donate a little bit of money to them. Um, they're willing to match anybody that, uh, puts a donation in by today. Um, shout out Erica, shout out Kristen at clever bottle. Um, so pen and paper, here's how you can, uh, get them some money and help. Um, all the money is going to be uh, given to uh, Planning Peace. So it's going to be CrowdRise. That's C-R-O-W-D-R-I-S-E dot com backslash Seattle dash stands dash with dash Orlando. So Seattle stands with Orlando dashes in between. I don't know. Give a dollar. Give two dollars. Something. 50 you know? cents. I don't care. Help them out. Anything helps. Everything. I gave money. But I got booze back in return for that money. <laughs> so I donated money by paying for drinks that were donated. 100% of the proceeds go to, um, yeah, planning peace. That's what's up. I hope more places around the country are doing that. I don't know, man. Alabama? I don't think so, homie. Whatever. Anyway, all right. <laughs> let's get on to it. Let's get on to it. Uh, yeah. So before we get into the uh, nuts and berries of this episode. Yeah. The juiciness. <laughs> the juiciness. That is why we have two in here. Juice. I'm trying to get a quote from uh, one of the chefs that used to work at one of these restaurants, but he's like, I don't know, man. I don't want to shit on anybody. I like, That's all we do on this show is shit on humans. We make enemies. Let's get to work updates and maybe some things we did this week. Uh, Johnny Tsunami. You know, it it was an easy week this week. You know, I didn't really do much. Father's Day was a bust. You know, it doesn't seem like people want to go out and take their fathers out. But I did see somebody special there this weekend. Hold on. Listen, I'll get to that. You'll get to it? I'll get to that. Uh, Are you going to rag me? No, 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 no. No, no. What about the juice with the thing you got going on at the park? Oh, well, uh, this weekend, so Friday, ju- uh, June 24th, um, I'm doing a party in the park event. The 24th is a Friday? It's a Friday. I thought I was DJing on that on the 24th. Maybe I got it all wrong. Maybe you do. Um, it's a Sunday. But yeah, so it's just a small little event. Uh, you can find tickets online. Um, I really don't know the website. I'm just kind of tagging along with my chef because she is the homie. We're going to post. We'll post it on the Grow How Long Steak Mr. page. For sure. But uh, yeah, you know, we get 40 We get forty seats in a little section and there'll be um, a bunch of local chefs there from Seattle. What park is this? Um, it'll be at the Sam Sculpture Park. So the really cool one at, uh, what is that, Myrtle Edwards? Yeah, Beach? Whatever. In Washington? I think so. 
We'll post it on our page. We'll keep people updated. It's not till the twenty fourth. So yeah, we but got, it, what, what? No, is that next week? Next week? No, it's this week. We we got kind of hit because one of our guys is going to Paradiso, and we're like, we don't have anybody. <laughs> we don't have anybody to cover, and we're gone. So your boy was supposed to go? No. Well, my boy was is going is going to Paradiso, and he's like, I know, but he was supposed to work the event. No, he was supposed to work at night, but we don't have anybody work the line because the chef is supposed to work the line. But she's like, I thought it was next week, and I was like, Well, I'm not working the line. I don't. He's work like, anymore. I gotta go eat mad drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she calls it his his ecstasy trip. <laughs> <laughs> Who eats ecstasy anymore? Nobody. <laughs> Kids. I did. It was bunk. <laughs> <laughs> but you know. Um, and yeah, so it's just going to be real chill. We're just going to have 40 seats and we're just going to do a couple different courses for people and, um, you know, get our name out. It's going to be a really cool way of uh, mingling with local chefs in the city. Definitely. All right. All right. Uh, uh, did you eat anywhere good this week? Oh, dude, I did. Um, oh, we don't have a bad review? No, we no bad. A, we got a good review this week. Yeah, dude. I fucking I went in. Uh, so took the lady out to uh, Gideon, Gearin. Um, it's down on Second and Occidental, right in front of the um, CenturyLink Stadium. Right. It's a. Uh, I know the place very well. Yeah, Korean Japanese steakhouse. That's right, dude. I mean, I can't attest to how authentic it is. But it, it's it's it's. Very authentic. The food, dude. Same owners of uh, Kushi Bar, which I ate at tonight. Uh, Ume Sake House. Sake. Uh, Momiji. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I always uh, I always rate restaurants, or my girlfriend always tells me I rate restaurants um, by whether or not. So you know that I have two front fake teeth. And um, I remember when you got them things, you were popping off in that kitchen. Oh, yeah. Well, I had a, a month where I didn't have them and I had no she, front teeth. She was popping. It was dope. But uh, I always say a good restaurant is a good restaurant when I take my teeth out so I can <laughs> enjoy the flavor. <laughs> and because uh, you got to have all them senses working. And, and that's what happened. It's like I had that first bite of the. Of like, the this is delicious. Of the pork steak <laughs> dumpling. Yeah, dude. And I was like. Oh, good. It's like, where's the pocket at? I got to put this. These, I got to put these away. You ain't giving to your girl to hold? No. Just slip them in her purse? She's like, you need to get a case for those. And I'm like, <laughs> ah, that's good. They're usually inside my mouth, so. Okay. All right. But yeah, it was delicious, you know. Um, and other than that, yeah, the drinks were delicious. Father's uh, work, Father's Day was a bust. Father's Day was a bust. You came in, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So we'll get on to mine. Uh, let me see. Busy, uh, busy week. I don't know. We recorded last Wednesday. Yeah. That's right. Late again. <laughs> Whatever we're doing, man. We got Big Keith in the house. Say what's up. What up? Got them blood red shell cells, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so whoop. <laughs> Slime season. <laughs> but no, uh, so yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, what the hell did I do? Saturday I went to Solstice Parade. Solstice Parade uh, is where you celebrate the Solstice. Naked bike riders. Naked bike riders. Oh, yeah. I missed part of them. We got there late, but we was chilling up on a rooftop. Uh, went to Porkopolis. Porkopolis? Is that like a pork cook-off or something? Nah, it was whatever. It was a party with a funk band. They cooked an entire pig. But, you know, your yeah. boy had to roll in that party and was like, yeah, I paid my money to get in. Uh, I'm here to see homegirl that's cutting up that pig. Went and made friends with her. She's been doing it for 11 years now. Two years ago, I went by the party, ran into someone. They cooked a whole lamb. So girl was like, just got friendly with her, asked her where she worked at, how long she's been doing it, all this good stuff. Asked her if she needed any help. 
That's just how I do. She was like, no, I'm cool, but here's an entire pork rib. Ooh. Thing was like, I mean, you're talking about over a foot long. Yeah. Like, and I was, so I was walking on that party <laughs> with a, a beer in my hand. Actually, I might have had a rye whiskey because I went up in that house. It was like, yeah, yeah. 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 So I had that, grubbed on that, chilled. Father's Day, uh, my took uh, me and my lady friend took her father out to the chop shop, which he had never where Johnny works. She, he had never been there before, uh, which is nice because he eats everywhere. He's yeah, he handles shit. Uh, but yeah, we went there. Uh, it was good. We had our table waiting for us. Or our, yeah, drinks were really good. The juice was on point. Um, Fresh squeeze. Now my only complaint that I can make about the place is on the description. Of the th- it said it had uh, <laughs> duck cracklings. There was no cracklings in sight of my Ruh-roh. entire hash. Mm. That's my only complaint. <laughs> but it was good. Now I was very jealous of my girlfriend's dish because she got that. She got that veggie hash. Yeah, she got the regular hash. Oh my god, that thing was so big. <laughs> my shit was good. It was good portion where I was full, but I could have ate more because it was delicious. That's what I always say too. I tell my guys, I'm like, you got to beef it up. And he's like, mm-hmm. well, whatever. I mean, it was delicious. I enjoyed it. He enjoyed it. That's so good. everything was, and I love that place. It's a beautiful looking place. He was very impressed with the wine bar in the back. What's the name of that place? Uh, bar Ferdinand. Who's Matt that Dillon? Is Matt Dillon, yeah, Matt yeah. Dillon. Apparently, he cooks there. But that that he wood does. fire grill they got there. Oh my goodness! So they get wood delivered to their restaurant. I want to say every two days, and it's a truckload. What kind of wood are they shit. using? Uh, I don't know. It just looks like basic regular shit. Tuna, have you been to either of these places? No, but I'm definitely working a block away. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, make an appearance. They do some good stuff there. They got a they got a good staff over there as well. So that was breakfast. That was brunch, and then we went over to uh, we spent the day with her dad and went to his house. And we decided we were gonna grill out. And he's going on a fishing trip, so he had some extra fish left over. And so we grilled up some halibut and some salmon. I made some stuffed peppers. Uh, they made like a um, fruit salsa that was delicious. We had, what else do we have? I don't know. It was good wine, great talking. It was good. And then um, Monday, I went to a boat party for my friend Bobby and Jenny Love's wedding. Uh, they got married. Congratulations, Bobby and Jenny Love. Uh, they're really good friends of mine. I was looking at the menu and I thought it was going to be terrible. Uh, most weddings you go to, the food isn't very good, but uh, they had like fire roasted chicken, potatoes, all your sauteed vegetables. Uh, really good booze. Kristen, who I talked about at the beginning of the show, she made uh, hand bottled cocktails, watermelon margaritas. Uh, the hat I'm wearing is from, I feel like this whole show is just a promotion of the homies. <laughs> but uh, Shandy and Colin, uh, their juice company, Healthy Bones. So you can find their uh, juice truck in Kirkland. Uh, they provided all the juice for the cocktails. That's in my ties. Damn good juice. Rose, yeah. Rose was uh, popping off. Old Overhaul, tequila, all that good stuff. Uh, uh, yeah, that was a yeah, busy weekend. And then uh, went back to work today and had a meeting. I was supposed to go to the event today for uh, to raise money for Orlando, but I had a meeting. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, just trying to keep it tight at work. Yeah. One of our that it. <laughs> I don't know got? what else you got, Rob. Well, one of our managers, one of our managers showed up drunk. 
He Jeez. listens to the show I've called him out before, but uh, it was his day off, man. Whatever. It is what it, it is. It was entertaining. Let's get to our guests. Uh, the big tunes. What's been going on with these there? Uh, transitioning right now Actually, between we, a couple of restaurants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We brought tune in for a specific reason today, but uh, any good places you're eating this week? No. Real quick? No. no. All right. Been working. Been working. All right. Well, let's get into that work life. <laughs> yeah, that's right. what we're trying to get into the nitty gritty. Okay. Comes. So today on the show, uh, some interesting news in Seattle, Washington, amongst uh, the restaurant industry here. Uh, we're going to be covering, let's say, restaurants or restaurant owners that kind of grow too fast. We've talked about it before, and uh, I've actually I called this. <laughs> what happened? I called it. I'm going to say episode 12. What episode? How long ago did Spur Gastropub close? Actually, I can look it up on my phone right now. <laughs> I think I, it was about maybe a month ago. Yeah, I want to say a month, maybe a month and a half. So that'd be four episodes ago um, that it closed down. I have the exact date right here. Which is interesting because Eater was right on top of it and they're always behind. Yeah, so. Eater was talking hella shit. <laughs> no, the, the worst was Seattle Times. That article, they... They they threw some shade out too. Yeah, but they, why Seattle Times throws shade though? They, yeah, it, they're haters over there. <laughs> yeah, they just they they were saying some stuff that was a little inappropriate. But uh, Erica Brooks Canal Market has shuttered in Montlake. Mm-hmm. We can talk about that too. If you want to. <laughs> I got news. <laughs> I don't know where the Spur Gastro Pub, but uh, yeah, it closed similar to similar time to the to Canal Street Market. So. I would say about what a happened at Canal Street Market. I know you might touch too close to home for you. It's fine. It was just um, the neighborhood wasn't uh, accommodating to us. You know, they wanted something a little bit more. They were like, "Is this a grocery store? Or is it a bakery?" And they didn't really know which one. And um, they didn't really like who fucks with Montlake though. I don't know. I mean, it was it's a good neighborhood if you realize like the clientele that you have over there. But um, they were just really unwelcoming. They were super rude. They would just say things. They had like petitions going out. They were just trying. They were hating on on my girl. Were you working there or girl? Was- no, uh, well, Erica Burke. She's the chef of the um, a Volunteer Park Cafe okay. and of Chop Shop where sure. I work. And so she opened that one at the same time. Not to mention she's a. She's she's a looker. She's a good looking lady. <laughs> but uh that's one of the that's one of the things is she tried okay. to open two restaurants up at the same time and you know they were they were both, you know, teeter tottering, so Definitely. she had to make the call. It's a it's a tough we've seen all of us, we've all worked in the industry, everybody people listen to the show, you know. You get switched around from restaurant to restaurant, mm-hmm. right? And you hope you hope that this restaurant you're gonna get moved to is successful. Or else that means you're back down. <laughs> shit. They're going to move you back. Or you hope you still have a job and the company doesn't collapse. Or you have to pick up a job washing dishes somewhere just to, just to make some bills. Just to get yeah. in. Yeah, just to get Definitely. in somewhere so you don't you don't lose that income, right? Definitely. So what? So we brought Tuna in today, uh, not only because I like Tuna, but he is directly impacted by this situation that's going on in Seattle. And... I, I feel like I'm jumping on the bandwagon by airing people's dirty laundry out, but it's already out there. It's I mean, I got text place, messages. I got links sent. Hit me up uh, because people do know that I talk about this kind of a podcast. And, you know, I like. I mean, I know these guys. I'm not really good friends with them. I don't know them all that personally. I've you know talked to them. I've seen them at events and stuff like that. They've always been cool to me. 
I've heard some shitty stories about him, uh, but I still don't like to see people's dirty laundry getting aired out by that. And not on top of that, at the end of the day, I say fuck them. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Because they're chef owners, and you make your you make your bed, you lay in it, right? Uh, I hate to see how it affects uh, people that I know in the industry. Totally. Um, I've had multiple friends that work for them. A lot of people had good experiences. A lot of people had some people had bad experiences. I'm not gonna say it's all. It's pretty equal. That's restaurant life. That's how oh, it definitely. goes. You're not gonna mm-hmm. get along with every chef owner. But when Spurg Astro Pub closed, um, they were kind of at one of the forefront of the Seattle cocktail movement and mm-hmm. gastronomy. Um, they had some and, of the best bartenders in the city there, right? Yeah, I had many good friends that worked there. Uh, and their food, I mean, it was, I've had my complaints about it. I was like, I don't want a fucking quail egg on everything. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But the food was delicious. I also I, feel like gastro pubs are kind of a fad that is dying out. Yeah, totally. If you're doing it right, you can't. How can you fucking? How can you not support a place that always has bomb food though? No, that's so, the thing. No, the food was probably. Dope. I I haven't eaten there, but no like, prices, atmosphere, mm-hmm. um, service is sure. something that has to go with it too. Well, yeah, because there's Black Bottled right down around the corner, and they, you know, they're gastro pub as well. I used to work there, um, <laughs> but their food they haven't changed the menu. I would say in almost five years. Uh, that's that, oh yeah, that's a funny story. I was watching that that. I think I said this already on last episode where uh, on episode one of Chef's Table or whatever where Thomas Keller was like somebody made a dish and was like oh oh no maybe it's a linea but they were like you put this on my menu it's no longer your mm-hmm. recipe it's, it's a linea my, it's my recipe and so a chef that went to Black Bottle I took and put one of my recipes on his menu and I Ooh. I really can't say shit it's that seared broccoli on me Man, there's no nobody can claim I roasted do. broccoli. <laughs> it's That's not like roasted. <laughs> it's made a specific way. It's thrown in the oven at like no. 450 degrees. Whatever. That's how they make it. That's there. like that's like my Brussels sprouts over at Republic. Fucking <laughs> exactly. can my ass right after that came. But out. anyway, 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 oh, <laughs> cut all that shit out. But yes. um, so anyway, so back to the point. Um, that spur closed. We covered it on the show. I was kind of I'm I'm a Belltown brat, which is a neighborhood in Seattle. It closed. Suck to see it go, but shit happens. It was already fucking shady the way that it fucking went down. Um, they reported some f- f- whatever water heater broke, all that. Yeah, shit. there were like rumors floating around, and all of a sudden it was closed. Yeah, basically. Yeah, and then I said, I called it. I was like, I'm wor- I am I want to know what's going on with Old Sage because I never really see too many people at Old Sage. I mean, your dinner services, how many covers are you doing in your dinner service? Not too many. It was more I like mean, a bar atmosphere. Yeah, Food was great, though. It's I mean, bar forward. It's a bar forward place. Yeah. And then they have Tavern Law, which is always popping off, mm-hmm. Coterie Room, um, and they opened up all these places within five years. I can't tell. I, I just started a company maybe, six months ago. Maybe six years. I haven't been too, yeah. And then all of a sudden, I get a text message. Tuna, did you text me? No. No, Facebook. I sent you a Facebook message. I no. sent you a text message to come in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Tuna sent me a message, and then I saw the note on Facebook that they, Old Sage was closing that night. Everything was 50% off <laughs> until all the food, till it runs out. All of the booze until it runs out. First come, first serve, cash only, homie. <laughs> I'm taking no cards. So we have tuna here. This is what how it takes. This is what happens when you're in the industry. And we're not gonna get tuna in trouble. He no, uh, still right. he still works for the company, which I'm happy. And I made a fucking shitty comment online, which I got 
people got pissed off at me. Oh, yeah? I said, what are you going to do about a job? He said, I'm working next door. I said, until that motherfucker closes down, oh. too. <laughs> Some oh, of the no. boys were saying the same thing. <laughs> That's the first question I asked. I was like, so how long? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so how much notice did you, first question, how much notice did you get? Well, doing shout out Dave Flatman he's the homie too yeah Dave hell yeah uh, knowing, knowing doing the ordering and stuff for the food and it being told not to and to cut back um, it we all saw it we all all the employees saw it about a week before it happened and we were being told that we're trying to shoot for like beginning of July I think or something or something like in a week or two past what they they sat down everyone they're being pretty pretty forward about what was both, happening. both owners were there no the, the owners i didn't see the owners for the last three months of of old stage management uh, this is management management yeah because the yeah uh management was there and they were being pretty pretty clear on what was happening they were telling us what they knew and it just came down that like we were waiting for the day and we we're coming up on a friday without without many food orders or or liquor orders coming in and we're going into a weekend with not much of anything and we're just like all right when's it gonna happen when's it gonna happen and then the next day they just threw up the the paper so like we we all knew it was gonna be happening it's just the day was unclear and until the day of walking in pretty much okay now how did you get when did were you informed that you would be switching over to one of the other companies and uh, one of the other businesses within the company. A few days beforehand, uh, actually like a week beforehand. So you tried to go ahead and secure a job? <laughs> no, they, uh, yeah, basically. They uh, they sat down with everyone and told everyone the issue um, personally, uh, the GM and the chef, and each person got to sit down and was told. And uh, they could only keep X amount of people on. Uh, there was... There's sort of a turnover happening at Tavern Law at that time. Luckily, the sous chef was leaving, so I could jump this smooth transition right over, start helping running that kitchen. Uh, there was a couple servers, a bartender or something that was leaving, so they just kind of filled the spots. Um, they're really they're really good at trying to keep their employees. Uh, I mean, they were trying to do everything they can to keep them employed, but you can't have six servers on the floor when it's only 10 seats. So yeah. they're, they're trying to make it work with what they can. But they were definitely, we were all put in a hard place in that situation, especially that them, they were getting paid for like half of what they should have been doing. And they were running two businesses without really any ownership there. So, so you haven't seen, you got absentee owners. Basically, there, there's a lot of legal stuff that was happening that well, we'll, we'll get into that. We shouldn't diverge it, into. Yeah, I'm not going to get into that too deep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to touch touch the tip, the top of it, because it's been made public. Sure. I mean, I'd heard about shit. People had said things to me and I would never put anybody on blast like that. It's kind of fucked up and you really can't blame shit on your business partner. No, yeah, and no. it was basically basically it was it came up from above the GM and chefs. Um pay grade was the issues that basically we were all, they were put in a bad position. It was, it was the, the owners made some bad calls on some, made some bad business. Decisions. Those aren't fucking, those are not just bad calls. That's some fucked. It's fucked. Pretty uh, bad investments, but it's, it's a bummer because it seems like it's falling back on the chef. 
Exactly. No, it fell back on the chef and GM. Like they, they were working 80 hours a week, just trying to like, and they were the figureheads that had to talk to every single employee and they were the ones getting. it's bullshit because you know, it's like, they're the one, yeah, they're the ones grinding it. And it's like, it sucked because it's like, I woke up this morning and it was just like all over Facebook and it's like how like him and his wife are filing for bankruptcy and I'm, and all this stuff. And I'm just like, it's crazy that they... Uh, it's just like Seattle. They just attack you over here. It's it's. There's nothing is safe. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, I feel I, it makes me feel bad for them, and it, and like I said, I don't really even. It's not even like I care what happens to them. Um, they it's chose just, they chose to go into business with each other. Mm-hmm. It's I worry about my friends that are in industry that work for the company. Now Tuna is at Tavern Law, right? Yeah. I support Tavern Law. I've never said a bad thing about Tavern mm-hmm. Law. I've worked at another company that's direct competition with Tavern Law. Still never said anything. Which one? BTG. Yeah. Um <laughs> it direct competition still never said anything. Always visit, always support that place, always like their food. It's dope. And I have Friends that work there now that I'm very good friends with, been there a long time, and they're doing good things there, and I don't want to see anything happen to them. But at the end of the day, I don't, I just don't see it happening. Yeah. Well, Tavern Law got picked up, and uh, Old Sage didn't, and that's what happened. So, Tavern Law has a name for itself too. So, mm-hmm. um, it should be set for a while. Ta- Tavern Law could survive probably just on their drinks. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what, 50% of the business in the yeah. restaurant and is the food, just drinks. Or and the food, is, the food is delicious, too. So that's kind of what, that's just kind of where the basis of this conversation starting at. We got a little, you know, went a little overboard. But uh, we just wanted to talk a little bit about companies expanding too fast. Um, I've had friends that have done it. You guys know all my friends that work downtown. We've worked for plenty of companies. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and some of them are successful. And now, but it's a <laughs> yeah, and it takes a long, it long, takes a long, long, time. long, five long, years long, plus, long time to recoup that money it takes to open up a business. So even if you're on a crutch, if you're limping, and you're not making any money, as long as you have investors that are backing you. Look at me talking like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, but if you have investors that keep dumping money into your company to keep you afloat until you have that falling, until you have the right staff and position, um, until you have the right menu, mm-hmm. um, you're not going to see a return for two two to five years. Yep. Um, two if you're lucky. Um, so it's been the... It's been the downfall of a lot of good people and good chefs or um, owners, bar owners at that point. Um, well, it's interesting because it's almost as if they hit that five-year mark and then they think they're, safe. <laughs> and they're like, we, we did it. And then the next day they have to close. <laughs> Yeah, yeah like, it damn. happens. Well, what's the, so what's the deal with your old, your old place, Branzino? Do you know what's Do you know what's going on with them? I mean, no. I've heard a couple different things. I know that they it's not owned by the same person that owned it when I worked for them. Um, yeah, but there's these are places that are just putting signs up. One day they're open, the next day they're closed. Yeah, because they try to do something in a neighborhood that doesn't really care. I loved Branzino. I mean, I, Branzino was good five years ago <laughs> when it opened. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. You know, you just think about all the local. You yeah. got. Well, you also got to think about what chef you have in the kitchen. You know, who's your sommelier? 
uh, who you have doing your, especially at a place like that where it's like based on wine sales and food sales. Like, so when Branzino opened, they had Ashley Merriman as their chef who went on to do New chef, York. You know, my boy Quentin, who's back. Yeah, he's a beast. You he's know, ba- I love he's Quentin. back in Seattle. He's going to come on the show. Nice. Uh, he wants to come on the show I love pretty bad. Him and his glasses. Because he was at 99 Park <laughs> uh, over in Bellevue. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out Quentin. I think he listens to the show. I'm t- I know he listens to the show. Somebody told me he listens to the show, and I love Quentin. Mad love. He's super talented. I remember uh, when he was just a little, just a little cook, cook. Still, still, <laughs> still a little cook, cook. Uh, but he's doing good things. He's at a hotel now. Hey, uh, that's how you make money. I, I heard it's pretty expensive, but I'm supposed to run through there and check <laughs> it out. But you know, he'll probably hook it up. He's the homie. Hey, Grill, how long steak, Mister? Dead air. I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, can you get it out fast? <laughs> Yesterday, please. <laughs> yeah. Yesterday, I used that one today. I'm gonna go. I'll go ahead and say seven minutes, chef. All right, thank you. Sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry about Slamming that. the cast iron sometimes. Right. Uh, <laughs> I had I had the short rib on my mind. <laughs> yeah, but man, it, yeah, dish. but it's crazy because uh, what what other places have closed down recently? I don't know tuna. I want to say Trey Kitchen closed down. They turned into a test kitchen. Yeah. That was um, recent. That was a bummer, too, because they did some baller food. Ponty Seafood Grill mm-hmm. ends after 25 years. 25 um, years? After 25 years, that's just like... That's you, retirement. You, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you did a damn good job. Uh, Little Uncle. Did you guys ever fuck with Little Uncle? I fucked with the... When it was the the stand, yeah. Yeah. They, and so they sold to somebody else. I mean, I would sell, too. Uh, they're, they're turning into a bodega, homie, mm. in August. What, have you, what, do you, what do you know about Big Uncle, the the restaurant? Yeah. I don't know. It's supposed to, it was supposed to be opened up already. Yeah. Is it, it opened up uh-huh. already? I haven't been there yet. They turned that whole little strip into a complete... It's, like, so crazy how the construction around here flips this block, like, within the, a year. Yeah. The barbecue pit and... Um, oh, dude, we need to talk about that. Pico's <laughs> barbecue pit opening up in West Seattle, right? Yeah, I got a homie, Rob Maple, that works over there. Dude, that barbecue is savage. <laughs> Fucking savage. So now we're talking about places that are opened up now? Man, whatever. <laughs> it's time. And that needs to be put on blast because that's been a stand in Soto for, like, I want to say 10 years almost. Maybe even more. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they have they have two things. They have like a barbecue sandwich and they have three different types of spicy, mild, medium and fucking hot. And you get the fucking hot because it's bomb and it's delicious, dude. I've been eating that since I was in middle school. I'm so happy that they got a place. Yeah. Um, I just want to touch back on this uh, subject we were talking about earlier. Um, Forbes magazine did a um, article in 2014 about uh, five hazards uh, you want to watch out for growing a company too quickly. Um, I just want to cover, go over a couple of those things. Misunderstanding what's going on financially. Mm. Um, so a lot of people, a lot of chef owners or a lot of business people that open up first time businesses aren't really that um, detailed in finance. Yeah. And so they don't. Um, Have owners, you seen some chefs try to use a computer before? <laughs> oh, well, just in general. <laughs> just in <laughs> general. Well, well, owners. Are, uh, uh, I mean, owners of restaurants always think that they can do their own books. Yeah, yeah. Right? They yeah. don't ever consult an accountant. An accountant, uh, an outside accountant. This is not your wife. Yeah, this yeah, exactly. is not one of your homies. Someone who's unbiased. This is not a chef that says, "Oh, that's great at books. Is good with ordering." <laughs> right? You need an outside accountant, um, and they just don't. You know, who holds you accountable? Come for around, your come April? around tax time. Definitely, yeah. Do we all know working in kitchens, man? Mm-hmm. When tax time comes around, 
You're fucking Shit's running. Tight. You're running lean, <laughs> homie. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Hours cut. Summertime when you got business coming through, um, lean. you're looking mad buff in that walk. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Those family dinners, they're on point. We can cook you whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> we got overstock, you know? We're sure. doing mad specials. Um, and that's another fucked up part, you know? They don't run lean all year. Uh, especially for a new business, you should always be running lean. Totally. Uh, I was talking to one of my other sous chef homies, and he's like, you should be doing week to week, not running on a budget for the month. Yeah. Run on a budget for the week. Definitely. And at the end of the month, you, you know you're run, you know what you're working with. Exactly. And then you run lean on that last one. So um, then we know when tax season comes around or, you know, when, you know, right at the beginning of tax season, man, you're not, nobody's in the kitchen. And that <laughs> affects your, um, you know, your fire time. That affects your, that's your turnover. Oh, it's just management running around yeah. the kitchen. Exactly. Uh, everybody's salary. <laughs> uh, okay, the second thing they want to talk about is thinking that sales growth trumps everything. That doesn't necessarily you're winning because your sales go up. Yeah. Um, that you have be, good weeks and bad weeks. Exactly. And now you, you're also, all that money you're making, you still have to pay back to somebody. Yeah. Unless you're rich, and you got to pay your people. <laughs> That's right. Um, another big one they say is hiring the wrong people. Uh, once a company is growing really quickly, the quality of the people you hire becomes a big issue. You want to hire the right people. The culture of the company is very important. That's um, a huge thing. Yeah, um, it takes a long time to find 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 the, the right. Uh, it, takes a long time to find the right people no, in your kitchen. True. I've worked in many kitchens where you got a solid crew. You're bringing somebody. They want to bring in their own homies. They don't give a fuck about Boo. your business. They don't, like, they don't care about your business. They care about hooking their homies up and they care about their pockets. Well, it even goes over out to the like, you know, the front of house. You know, I've worked at places where they hire a general manager and they're paying this guy X amount of money. Bank. Hella you know? banks. They and think they're going to fix sitting them. around drinking all day, you know? Well, everybody else. used is. to be good 10 years ago. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then they'd leave and and then you realize they were fucking damn good at managing people to do their own job, but they they're not good at doing their not job. Good at yeah. doing their job. This is not a shot at anybody I know. In particular. No, <laughs> John, this is all Johnny. Hey, man, I make enemies. It's cool. Uh, Come at me, Doug. Got a lot of enemies. <laughs> um, losing touch with your customers another big point. Um, yeah, you always got to keep them regulars. It's the sure service industry, man. They're the ones that brought you up, man. Yep. Don't disenfranchise them. Nope. You know, keep them included. Uh, hook them up with a discount. I mean, shit, I there's a couple of restaurants I've worked at where regulars keep the restaurant open. They pay the bills. They keep the wire running. They yep. they pay you your your hourly. Um, yeah, the last one is I really can't speak on this one, but allowing receivables to outrun sales growth. What? I, I, I kind of know what that means, but I I'm not an expert in that shit, so I'm not going to go in that. But those are just some of the you know topics that um, they say to watch out for. So, and we got a lot of friends that that we're getting to that age that are wanting to start their own companies, and I have friends that are fortunate, and I've I've bet against some of them, and they've proved me wrong. Got to have something that's pro marketable, you know. Yeah, you got to know how to market it too. Yeah, I don't mean to shit on anybody in particular. I just wanted to, you know, talk about that. Is sad. It's sad to see this shit happening, and I don't. He's never been, you know. Um, don't even want to say his name. He's never been, a, you know, a bad guy to me. And I just hate to see the way they're dragging, putting his shit on the fucking internet like this. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I mean, they got all his fucking paperwork and everything. And I then know. it even affects the big tune. <laughs> it's our homie. Luckily, he was picked up next door. But like I said, how long does that last for? Until he comes works for me. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> nah, we need to get it together to you know to where we start just hiring our own people, and we have and we have our own shit going on. Well, you know, if there weren't twenty thousand restaurants in Seattle right now, it would be a lot easier to hire quality. Mm. And then you get the you get the restaurants where it's just fads and stuff that are yeah, happening. Totally. It's in and out. So much changing. Well, I wanted to tell a story real quick about growth. And this just doesn't happen in the Seattle area. It happens, uh, and it just doesn't happen with, with restaurants. It happens with chain places. Mm-hmm. So uh, my cousin works for a, I mean, I don't fucking care, whatever. Uh, my cousin David works for a company called Donato's Pizza. It's a pizza place uh, in the Midwest. Started out in Ohio. It was family owned and operated. Uh, he worked there since he was seventeen through college. Uh, he got. He eventually made it up to like uh, regional manager. So he's opening up stores all over the place. Right. Gets really big. Um, who comes in to buy it? McDonald's. <laughs> so McDonald's comes, pays the the family an exorbitant amount of money for. They didn't want to sell it. They were growing just fine, going at their own pace. Uh, You know, all different markets. So McDonald's comes. They want to make it a worldwide pizza place. (laughs) They start going over to Europe and opening. So my cousin got to travel to Germany, Russia, all these places to open up these Donato's pizza places. There was a couple of places. They opened up one in like, a, I believe like a Disneyland or something like that, in Euro Disney or something. That's what's up. Um, and they're paying him really, really good money. My, I don't, yeah, I don't, my cousin, and he still hasn't come to see me, so fuck him. But <laughs> anyway, I don't think he listens to the show, but whatever, if you're listening, fuck you, come see me. <laughs> So what happened is, is they took over and they disenfranchised their customer base. Mm. They started remodeling all these locations, turning into something that it wasn't. They expanded too fast. They either had to close all locations or they could sell it back to the original owners at a price cut. So literally the family had sold it for this much money and then bought it back for this much money just to let some other company made so much fucking money. But corporations do it all the time too. And, and, and it's on a larger scale that they're cutting jobs. Yeah. So they hire a lot of people, um, or they, or they buy up a large comp, they buy up a chain place. Um, and then they immediately close them because it's good for business. And then you have thousands and thousands of people out of jobs. So it, you know, it, it affects people all over the world. It's not just a thing with growth in the United States, uh, with restaurants It happens in all facets. So I don't know. That's all I got to say about that. Johnny, you got anything? I tried to get a statement from fucking asshole, but... That's whatever. Well, ingredient of the week? Yeah. Bam. Bing, bang. Uh, We should have let Tuna pick it out. Yeah, but he was too late. He was too late. (laughs) Uh, Johnny, uh, Jahani, you want to go first? We'll let Tunes go first. Tune, do you want to wait? You want to go first? I'll wait. Yeah, Should I go first? Go first. You got it it in your head? (laughs) Spit it off the top. I got it in my head. All right, this one's going to be a hard one, okay? I'm going real. I'm going uh, classic, but this the technique is what counts on this. All right. So the greeting of the week is green tomatoes. I'm going to assume heirloom. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go with a a BLT. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what you want to do with this? Okay, you want to get. I'll even do one. We do at my work. Okay, you're gonna we get a ciabatta roll. 
Okay. Uh, Shibata. You want to get <laughs> you want to get a serrated blade. Okay. Oh my. You want to fucking get to the sandwich. You want to you want to cut it in half, right? You can put that in a toaster or you can put it in an oven at like, you know, 400 degrees or brown that up, right? And then you want to take some bacon. You put that in the oven at like 450 degrees for like 10, 15 minutes. Probably get, pre-cooked. Nice. No, no, no. <laughs> not pre-cooked, right? I'm going to go with Zoe. I'm going to go with Zoe bacon. Good, good, good. All right. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, you can buy any like garlic aioli or whatever, but you want to get your saute pan nice and hot with some olive oil. You want to get a nice thick cut of uh, one, one or two slices, depending on the size of your, your green tomato. Um, and you want to sear those off in some olive oil, right? Okay. Set them to the side, pat dry them, okay? And then you want to take, slab the, the ciabatta that's toasted nicely. Crispy golden brown is what we call it. GBD. That's right. GBD for life. Uh, you want to smear your bread with that garlic aioli. You want to take those uh, nice uh, seared off uh, green tomatoes. Put it on your bread. Uh, you want to get, I don't know, maybe four to five pieces of that bacon. And then you want to get some nice crispy romaine. Okay. <laughs> and you want to put it on top of that. And then you get the top bun that has also been slathered in your garlic aioli. Okay. Put it on top. Get some toothpicks. Cut it in half. Maybe serve it with some JoJo's. <laughs> <laughs> so, some fresh chips. Um, There's something about a BLT without mayo, though. It's like it has to have mayo, right? I'm going with the garlic, man. Yeah. That bread, Definitely. nice and hot. <laughs> All right? Shout out, Honey Hole. I love you guys. Uh, but uh, uh, no more hitting the bottom. <laughs> 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 All right. Now on to me. I'm gonna do something a little bit more, um, you know, practical. Uh, I'm doing pickled green tomatoes. So these are really easy. All you got to do is if you have one of those, uh, what I like to call uh, finger finger cutters, finger traps, mandolins. <laughs> Nobody uh, has fit fucking mandolins. At people their have house. mandolins all the time. You go to watch my, they're a dollar. True. Whatever. <laughs> I don't even have mandolin. In my I house. A lot of people have mandolins, and that's why they like. You see a lot of people with no. Do you got a mandolin at my house? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I try to cook at home, like minimally, like not what? at all. What's that? Minimally. Minimally. Yeah. Is that? Uh, shut up. Anyway, it sounds like anime. You want. <laughs> uh, so basically, what you're gonna do is you're gonna shave those green tomatoes down. Uh, make sure that they're nice and thin. You can have them a little thick if you want to, but um. We're going to make a liquid mixture of water. Um, I, would about, I would say about four cups of water, a cup of sugar, a half cup of salt, and then whatever spices you want to get in going with it. I usually like to use a pickling spice mix because it has all your basic mixes. It has your bay. It has your chili. It has mustard seed um, and your juniper or whatever. And it's really good. So you get that going and you uh, cook it down, make sure everything's emulsified and just pour that liquid mixture right over your green tomatoes and cover it with saran wrap or a lid if you put it in a Tupperware container. Mason jars, son. Yeah, mason jars work too. Um, But that's a whole nother process if you want to like jar. But uh, yeah, just keep it covered and let it like sit there for a little bit and get nice and soft. And it really only takes about a half an hour to 45 minutes. It's a quick pickle. So it's a quick pickle. Yeah. Right. And then you can do that. If you want to do the long pickle, then it's a, it's a little bit more of a process. What are you going to serve that on, Johnny? Man, you can do that with a nice fresh heirloom salad. I like to do <laughs> panzanella salad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Get them breadcrumbs and the fresh heirlooms in there. three ounces of Wagyu. Oh, we ain't, we're not going to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, and... Uh, 
and it's good to serve and you can you can literally leave that in there for as long as you want and it'll be good for days right if not weeks all right now next up on the bet we have uh, the big dude all right since we're keeping it pretty basic uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's do a let's do a fried green tomato so basically it's a good movie <laughs> Basically, we're keeping it. Uh, we're going to do a basic breading procedure. So you get some flour on a plate. You have some uh, egg with some milk that you whisk up on another plate, and then you have some cornmeal and breadcrumbs on an, on the third plate. There you go. And you uh, you do a thin slice, depending on how thick you like it. Good breading station. <laughs> good good half inch or so maybe. Yeah. On the cut. I'd say that thick, but not too thick. <laughs> I agree with that. Concur. So you uh, first you hit with the flour, make sure it's covered in flour. Then you switch it over to the egg, cover it in the egg, and then you throw on the uh, breadcrumb. And then you let it sit for five, ten minutes, like get all coagulated up. Get it goopy. Get all goopy. <laughs> Dry. Are you double? Are you double double battering nuts? Double bread nuts? If you want to get crazy. <laughs> I like that double bread, man. Good. That's yeah. the best part of the fucking fried green tomatoes. No, the tomatoes the best part of the fried green tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> then you uh, then you get your oil up to like 350 degrees. That's a good average uh, frying temperature. And drop it in there till it's nice and golden brown. Pull it out. Let it sit for a little bit, and just dive right in. You could do a little sauce with it. You could do a little salad with it. Mm-hmm. Throw it on with some steak. Just throw hella aioli on top. Oh, yeah. Just smash. You can use the garlic aioli from the, <laughs> <laughs> from the VLT, dog. You know what's hella crazy, though, is I saw online the other day that there's a restaurant that does a fried green tomato BLT. That's what's and up. And it sounds bomb as fuck. Which restaurant is that? I don't know. Someplace. We in could California. literally combine all of our recipes into one. With our Pickled res- fried green tomato sand BLT. That's what's up. Damn. Damn. <laughs> the most basic of sandwiches <laughs> <laughs> turned into something epic. All right. That's what we do. We've hit that. We hit that 45 minute mark. Good job, hey, guys. That's a good show. Yeah. Clap, oh. clap, clap. All right. Yeah. So that's going to bring us into the, ep- the end of episode 29. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. I want to thank Tuna. I appreciate you coming on on short notice. Yeah, thank you, buddy. Thanks for opening right. up with us. I do appreciate it. Uh, good luck. I hope everything's good up there. I'll come and see you. I like the bartenders there. Oh, yeah. I don't like you being there. <laughs> Jahani Smith? Yes. What's up? I'm, I'm liking these late nights. You coming out with me after this? Probably not. You're going to the club. You know how it feels about the club. No I, club. I, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's. I'm not trying to pay to get I'm trying to get this Burger Master. Big Keith is sitting over here with Burger Master. <laughs> I want to thank Big Nom Keith. Down. Big Keith for uh, being our sound engineer today. On the ones and twos. I want to thank uh, the Soundcasting Network for hosting us. Shout out them. You need to go check out. It's uh, www.soundcasting.com. Castingnetwork.com. There's uh, plenty of shows there for uh, if you're not into cooking so much, you know, they got all sorts of stuff. They got the goods. I um, also want to thank Studio 212 for allowing us to, rec- allowing us to record here. And uh, yeah, thanks for everybody listening. Uh, come see us at Facebook. It's going to be Grill How Long Steak Mister. Uh, same thing on our Instagram. Uh, and then Twitter's is um, at How Long Steak Mister. <laughs> You can always email me at uh, Mister at gmail.com. And uh, until next week, folks, thank you for listening. See you. Grill, how long steak, mister? Five minutes out. Eat a dick, bitch.